Welcome to the Garden of Eden Dammy be asking the questions For the answers that you wanna hear All you gotta do is sit back, grab a chair Or listen up while you clean and cook Take a leaf from the creative's book These gems open your mind and your heart Okay, the show's gonna start Welcome to the Garden of Eden, everyone, where ideas grow. I'm your host, Dami Eden, and today we have a very special guest in Man Like Axe, also known legally as Michael <laughs> Akadiri. Um, Michael is a junior medical doctor from the University of Nottingham. Stand up. Come on. That's it. That's Rep it. In. Represent. Represent. Um, and also mentioning stand up. He is a stand-up comedian and at least, you know, with award ceremonies, sometimes they can be dubious. But I have to say, man is the funniest guy in Dartford, no question. No question. <laughs> <laughs> at the very least. Ah, appreciate it. <laughs> um, welcome to the podcast, Axe. How are you doing today, man? I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. I'm feeling good. Thank you for having me on first and foremost, man. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, I'm feeling healthy, man. Just feeling like went went gym earlier, showered, did a did a well, I can't call it a trim, but I, I cut the sides off. So I call it <laughs> gym trim and laundry. GTL. I got that from Jersey Shore. Gym trim and laundry. In it. That's it. GTL. That's it. I got my GTL on. So when I have a GTL yeah. a day, I feel good. You know what I'm saying? Feeling fresh. Now that's, that's good it. to hear because we got a lot to get into, man. Mm, mm, so mm, mm. I'm glad to hear you're ready. Um, and just for context for everyone listening, I, I lifted up the top earlier. Um, so this top is actually um, from the African Caribbean Society at Nottingham, which is where me and Axe became pretty good friends and, mm -mm. you know, played football together. And then, That's it. Um, you know, worked in the, in the committee together. So Most if definitely. I'm right, you were a welfare officer, right? I, look, I was trying to look after people during the day and in the ACS as well. I was trying to, I was trying, I was doubling mm -hmm. up, I was doing up both. Come on, you know, doing that for the career path. That's it, it. That's it. That's it. I was looking after people. Now I was good fun, man. Mm. Obviously, uh, and obviously you were doing the sports sex thing. And the, that committee, was, that committee was fun. And I think we should link yeah. up soon, man. It'll be good to get everyone together. Yeah. I, I say that I'm not going to organize it, but it'll be good to get everyone <laughs> together. <laughs> it'll be good to get everyone together. <laughs> Yeah, I'll hit I'll hit Nikki off and uh, see what she's saying. And, yeah, come on, you know you were the leader before, so you might as well take yeah, take yeah. this last task. Yeah, upon you. she needs to run Bring it us back. All together. She, she needs to run it back. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Um, and one of the things I remember about you, bro, you've always been a very funny guy, like just busting bare jokes. Like I yeah. even remember sometimes we'd be heading in the car from yours when we used to live off. Um, like when everyone used to live off Derby Road uh, mm, mm, in, in mm, Knotts mm. and we'd drive down to towards Grove Farm to play. I just remember yeah. being in your car, just it was just vi uh, vibes, man. Just That's it. banter. That's it. Yeah, um, yeah. So my question, that first question today is, have you always been considered a funny guy by like by nature and, and inherently, or was it something that you learnt to become as you got older, like in your teens or something? Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one. Like, if I run run it back to primary school, like I think I've always been someone to bust jokes. Like, like with friends, obviously, always confident. If I know, if I know people, 
I'll say something off the cuff or if someone said something, I'll try to say something witty off the back of it. Or if someone says something dumb, I'll point mm. it out. So I've always kind of had that about me. But obviously, but it's very easy mm. to do that within the comforts of your of your friendship groups. Because obviously, you've got context. There's history there. You can always mm. reference something that happened. Oh, that's like when that happened last week. Yada, 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 something like that. So you always got that. And I think where it led to the comedy was I was just curious to see, am I really funny? You know what I mean? Like... There's, there's funny within your with your boys, with your girls or whatever, but there's the yeah. difference funny when you go up in front of people that don't know you and all they have is what you look like and you start busting jokes. So, um, And that's where the interest in comedy came from. Like, it just asked that question, like, am I really funny? And it's just me trying to... I've, since then, since I started, it's just me trying to answer that question. Mm, would you say you're still, like, answering I, that question in your, in there, your own there, head? There's levels to funny. So then when you start, there's like, okay, when, when you start out, oh, okay, can I can I write a joke? Okay, I've, I've got to a level where I know I can write a joke. Can I be funny for five minutes? Yeah, okay. Can I be funny for 10 minutes? Okay. Can I be funny for 20 minutes? Okay. So now mm. I'm at the part now where I'm like, can I be funny for a whole hour? Can mm. I be funny and interested for a whole hour? Can I sustain people's interest? Because that's a show. Like when you do the five, yeah. 10, 20 minute bit, that's a set as part of a larger show. But when you start getting to the point where you can do an hour, that's your own show. And essentially mm. that's where you can start really kind of building a name for yourselves. Cause no one's going to pay to see a 10 minute set. You pay to see an, yeah. at least someone do an hour. And obviously if you do an hour, you can have people opening for you and stuff like that. So you make it a real show for the audience. So that's the, yeah. the that's the question I'm asking myself now. And then obviously, if you like, for example, if I was to do an hour, do well, then it's like, can I do that again? And then so you're always asking yourself questions because it's a journey. You're always mm. on a journey. You're always asking yourself, well, can I do that again? Was that a fluke? Boom, 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 boom. So, you know, mm. so that, that's where I'm at with the journey. I'm still asking myself, can I be funny for an hour? That's the question I'm asking myself right, right now. But you're also aware that <clears throat> as things go on, the questions are going to change. And that's just 100%. part of unraveling part of life. who you that's are. Part of, hundred percent, a hundred percent. So the stuff, like for example, I may be talking about stuff in my stand up now that in a few years I may not want to talk about. I may want to take stuff in a different direction. So then it's like, can I be funny about this topic, for example? Mm. So you're always that. That's the beauty of the the genre. Like there's so many ways you can take it. There's so many different avenues you can go down, and that that's yeah. probably what I love about it, man. Yeah, man. I I, I feel that. I feel that. I think that's a good. Uh good analogy for anything you do really mm. to to understand that even if you do get to a certain level that there can always be a different kind of question that can keep you hungry keep you passionate 100%. and keep you following that that journey if if that's what you desire if that's what you want 100 yeah. percent. Like, look, look at look at the greatest footballers you've got leo messi ronaldo and that they they they're always probably asking themselves questions you know what i mean there's no way you yeah. can perform at that high level <laughs> For those many years, over a decade, about fifteen years, without asking yeah. yourself a different question, you have to ask yourself: They win a, ba- I want to be the best player in the world. Okay, you got a Ballon d'Or now. What else? You know, if yeah. they they didn't they didn't rest on one Ballon d'Or. What Messi's got? What six? You know what I'm saying? So you always yeah. got to be asking yourself questions. The questions will change. They have to change. If you're asking yourself mm. the same questions, then you're not progressing. So mm. it's always for me, it's like trying to ask myself a different question. You know, just to yeah. keep myself motivated, keep myself on my toes, and keep keep improving. Because you know, if yeah. you get to a point where you're satisfied, then you're done. You might as well retire. Whatever it is you're doing, isn't it? 
Facts, man. Facts. Like, even you mentioning Ronaldo, like, he's had to change position, like, three times across his across his career 100%. and has still been able to perform at that level and That's even it. now like he's old and he doesn't have the same attributes that he had and he's still been able to yeah, say can to I adapt, adapt game. 100%. To, to still perform so no it's that's a good it. um, it's a it's a really good point um so obviously there's there's quite a big difference between like uh, you, and you mentioned it before there's there's a big difference between just being known as being being funny mm. and mm. being like a funny funny guy and then actually yeah. taking the step to commit 100%. to 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 being in a lane where you're saying I am that thing and yeah, telling yeah. the world this is who I am. So mm. when you decided um to become a stand-up comedian and and that it was going to be your lane, how how did you come to that decision and then how was it for you in the early stages of saying I'm mm. this guy now. What was what what was what was that like? So this was 2017 now, probably like May June times 2017. And what I was obviously I've been a fan of Kevin Hart's for a while now. And what mm. obviously he's probably the most famous comedian in the world, arguably. Um, and one thing that like he was just in everything. He was in movies. He was the guy. Like def, like mm. he's well, he's pretty much still the guy now. But he was like in terms of. He's the guy. And I was like, right, this guy's everywhere. And I kept on thinking to myself, like, who is the UK equivalent? Maybe this is a bit big-headed of me, but I was like, who is the UK equivalent, like, right now? Obviously, we got them times that cats like uh, Lenny Henry, legends like that. But probably mm-hmm. for our generation, who's the young sort of person? And obviously, me having these thoughts did coincide with people like Moda Comedian having their blow-up. And uh, that was the year, obviously, Michael Dapper done these things as well. So mm-hmm. I was just like, maybe arrogant of me. I was like, I could feel that spot. Very maybe arrogant me, but I like, that could be me. Why? Why hadn't obviously when you go when you delve into it more, you realize there's other reasons why things haven't happened for other people. But like I was like, why can't that be me? And then I was like, yeah, all right, let's go, let's do it. And then I just searched for open mic nights. I was living down in South at my parents at the time, and the local club was a club called Up the Creek in Greenwich. And then you just sign up, you just literally send them an email, they give you a date, and you just mm-hmm. come and perform. So. I was like, all right, cool. So when I got there, I realised that it wasn't what I thought it would be. It wasn't just an open mic night. It was like a gong show. So these are the type of shows yeah. where every act, the way they do theirs is that every act performs about two minutes. Then after two minutes, uh, it's up to the floor. So, and if three audience members, they're pre-selected. If three audience members put their cards up, then you have to stop performing. You basically get blacked out. They call it the blackout. Oh, right. So the idea is... So it's literally, you're being judged by the audience. And if they're not feeling what you're saying, then, you know, they kick you off stage. And I didn't know that until I got there. So it's only when they were explaining the rules. So I was like, oh my goodness. I was shook. I was like, this is my first time performing and I'm performing to people who are going to be judging me. I was was shook by that. You know what? I've got... I'm here now. It is what it is. Let's Mm. just do it, innit? So, and then I really don't know. It was my first time, but there were people there worse than me. So I was thinking, thank goodness. I saw people get kicked <laughs> off two minutes, one second. I was like, all right, cool. This, if I survive more than two minutes, one second, I've done a good thing. And I lasted, what, three and a half minutes? So, okay, yeah. so that's all right. So I was like, that's respectful, like respectable was, uh, time. Is it, is, it, is it a really ruthless kind of process, that one? They're, if, if... they're probably, they're, that one, different clubs do similar formats. That club probably is the second most brutal one that I've like I've seen and witnessed. Like 
They yeah. yeah, if you're talking trash, they'll kick you off straight away. Like after the two minutes. Like there's one, there's another club that do it where you don't get no protected time. So from the jump, right. they can. <laughs> and I, I, that some people there. I was, I went to it a few weeks ago. Some people last in twenty seconds. Like they, you walk to the stage, uh. pull the microphone out. If you say some nonsense, that right, people ain't got time off the stage. See you later. Card, card, card. Bye. Wow, that's, that's opening it. line. Opening that, yeah. line. Open line and you're off. Yeah, no, but if you come on and you you're talking, you're not you're say you say some nonsense then you know like ah uh, like this wasn't said in the this wasn't said in one of those gigs but it's something that was said that if i could have kicked him off stage i would have but i was just an audience member he said a guy he was standing there he sniffed the wall and he said it smells like hooker pussy and then, <laughs> and, then and then everyone's like what so what? people would say something dumb like all i'm saying right. people, their first thing is saying something dumb like that the audience aren't going to have it. We're just going to be like, get off stage. Get yeah. like, get off stage. So um, so I did one of those uh, for three yeah. and a half minutes and I was caught by the bug, man. I was like, yeah, this is fun. Like crazy it is. Mm. So I was like, let's, let's do it again. And then I did it. And then you start finding out there's other open mic gigs uh, that you can do, not as high pressures as that, but other open mic gigs around the circuit. And then you just go along and do them. And initially you have to bring, you have to bring a friend to perform, which is a bit long, but, I had willing people that are willing to come sort of see me do my stuff and then you sort of get better, mm-hmm. you buy it, you get you get to a point where you're more comfortable on stage, you're yeah. building up your material, building up your set, and then yeah, just you just keep going and then you get onto better gigs and then you get onto better gigs and then you just it's just a journey yeah. like that, isn't it? Yeah. No, that's um that's that's interesting because one of the questions I did have for you is mm. obviously going into like a first show and performance mm. can be nerve wracking, especially if you're testing out your oh, terrifying. material for the first time like or well, the first few times even you know public speaking performing music yeah. you know you have these are things that are quite difficult but I think for me anyway looking at it from the outside yeah. when your job is to make the crowd laugh specifically I yeah. feel like that's an even harder job because it's of course I, I feel like sometimes with an audience there's almost an air of all right like I'm actively not going to laugh until oh, you of make course, me laugh, man. do you know what of I mean? Course, 100%. So how, so how do you like mentally and emotionally gear yourself for going into an arena like that where you could be facing people who aren't even just there to listen; they're there yeah. to actually laugh. Like how, how do yeah. you, how do you prepare for that specifically? Yeah, you, of course. You see, you see some people. You see some guys in the front row arms folded looking at you you see that and then sometimes (laughs) in my head i'm like all right you know i'm gonna my aim is to crack this individual i'm gonna crack them i'm gonna get them laughing i'm gonna get them to relax and whatnot and i think it's a weird it's a weird combination as a comic because you go on stage you want to go on stage not caring you want to be loose you want to be free you want to be all all tied up you want to be free you want to be loose on stage you want to feel very comfortable so you have to be like, I don't care. But then you also simultaneously have to have the mindset of, I want them to laugh. So I do care because I do want them to laugh. And it's about trying to find mm. the balance between those two sort of feelings. Um, mm. But that's where the that's where the sweet spot is. If you get to the point where you don't care, but you just you care enough that you want them to laugh, but you don't care, then you'll have a good sort of gig. And that's yeah. where I'm always trying to get to when I perform. Right. Trying to be comfortable and trust... Trust you have to trust the material, and trust 
that you yourself are funny enough. So even if there's a heckler or someone sort of shouting stuff out that you yeah. are confident enough that you can react to it. And more time, as long as you say something sensible, you don't, it doesn't have to be the funniest thing. Even if you just say something sensible back, the audience will back you. If they obviously assuming they ah, like it. So I've, I, I, had, I had a heckler last week and I had two hecklers. I had one on the Sunday, one on the Saturday. You know, what, so and, how do you like what kind of things are they saying to you when they're uh, heckling you? And like, so, how what are you throwing back? Like, so Saturday, that last Saturday, I was in Ballam. Um, so I'm at Ballam's a middle class or area, and yeah, one, um. One lady, so the guy and the, the man and the woman, and the woman, I thought she was just stone cold drunk. So she was just saying stuff at random times, and more time was just incoherent. And it was just like, yeah. she'd been doing that to other acts before, so the audience were kind of like ugh, annoyed with her. And then yeah. what, um, I was like, I was like, oh, this one. So I kind of, I think she said, I heard something, I couldn't really tell, just incoherent. So I was like, oh, this one again, the audience started laughing. And then right. I, was doing a, I was doing a bit about the vaccine. I was like, who's taking the vaccine? And loads of people cheered. And I said, who hasn't? Then the guy that was with her was like, nah. I said, what, you haven't taken okay. it? And he's like, nah, of course not. I haven't taken it. I said, look, with the person you're with, I can see why. You like to take risks. <laughs> you like oh, to boy. take risks. <laughs> <laughs> you like to take risks, my guy. Boy. Like so then that, like, the audience yeah. went like crazy and stuff like that. And that just came yeah. off the cuff. That was just, I guess... When you're responding to audience members or hecklers, you just have to say what comes to your mind. You can't think right. about it. You just literally... And hopes more time, the first thing, hopefully, will be funny or at least be sharp or, like, damn, or, like, such a good put-down that people are like, what? Because, obviously, yeah. someone, the audience sees you put someone down, they're going to be like, no, nah, I don't want to mess with this person. So Yeah, because they don't want that smoke. Yeah, they don't want that smoke either. They don't want that smoke either. Um, and then the next day I was in Birmingham doing a gig and then he, I was the first one on and this guy was like he was smashed he was just talking he was near the front row just talking shout, just making noise weren't making weren't talking sense and I, I gave him a few put downs I was like rah this guy he looks like he's been I said I said first I said talk to Frank I said I gave him a little nice one talk to Frank yeah like, okay this guy needs to talk to Frank clearly and people laughed and he didn't really take that in so I was like cool I don't know. This guy yeah. looks like he's been here since the last lockdown. He's been in the building just <laughs> hiding with the rats because he's he looked like a, he looked like a crackhead. I'm like, so he wasn't really taking it in. And then yeah, um, he actually looked like Loki the rapper. So I started calling him Loki. Um, and then he weren't really hearing it. And then I just said, "Our oh, security, you know, you have to take this guy out." He started standing up and oh, like, he was still can, making noise. Can, can that is that? It gets to that point where you have to yeah, you have to yeah. get people to get. Because he's, he's running away. the show, like obviously, right. it, it gets to the point where it's like, all right, cool, all right, for, all right, you made, you said something, it wasn't funny. I put, I've kind of said something back. I've addressed it, and you're still standing up talking. What am I going to spend my heart, all my set talking to you, or am yeah. I going to call security? And you know, yeah, he was right. giving it large to security, yeah. well, so it's like you know, I just get out, man. Like yeah, after a point, enough. it ruins the show in it. So it's like you know, what, there's people that mm. paid money to watch the show, they didn't pay to see you stand up and talk shit in it. So let's yeah. just, just get out. So yeah, so some, yeah, and I don't mind. It's a, it's a nice flex, man. I'm like, yeah, security, come take this guy out. And then they just come <laughs> watch it in. It's, it's a nice flex just to, hey, get this guy out of here, man. This guy took uh, too much rubbish. They just come and image these missing. That the get out, man. Security just, come on. Yeah. Took him, took him out of the building. So yeah, they're part and parcel, man. You're always going to mm. get heckless. Um, and, you know, they shout out. Like, I put a video of when I was getting one. I was in Manchester, like, in June. 
And then I said I went to uni of, and then all these Trent guys were oh, yeah. chanting. Oh, and then um, they, I just said Nottingham Uni, so they didn't, they didn't know. And then they were like, they started doing the Trent, the Trent chants. Oh, I'd rather be a yeah. poly than a can, all this stuff. Yeah. And then they asked me where I went. I said, uni of please. And then I said, <laughs> so I, got, I said, I got A star in maths. And it was a bring back to a joke I did earlier. So the audience of, oh, that's like smart and funny and stuff in it. So yeah. I said, oh, I'm too smart for your institution, man. <laughs> let's, let's leave it out. <laughs> let's leave it out. Oh, so, man. so that's part and parcel. That's part and parcel of um, yeah. comedy. You'll, you'll get them, and I guess I'm getting to a stage now where I'm confident enough. Like, I'm. I may not always say the best or the most funniest thing, but I'm gonna say something which is gonna hopefully get a do an audience reaction that will back me, and then mm. that will sort of silence the heckler. And if they don't, then I'll get them kicked mm. out. Easy enough. Win win either way. <laughs> yeah. No, the power, it's the power of holding the mic, isn't it? You've got the you control the tone Proceedings. Yeah, of the of the of the show. And if you got it like that, then yeah, people are it. gonna fall into your frame. So I I I, I hear that. Um mm-hmm. would you say that hecklers are the the most difficult part to deal with uh, then of performing, or is other other things that you would say that you have to be prepared for in, in a in a gig? No, I think that's probably the most... Uh, I think... Mm, that's a good question. That's a good question. They're probably... The, the Hecklers are probably one way to disrupt the show. To disrupt... Especially if the show is going, like, going well, it's good flow, then they can really mm. disrupt the show. So you have to really stamp it out quite quickly because you don't want to show the audience that you're not in control. And if mm. you show the audience you're not in control, then you lose the audience and you kind of lost the gig and the gig's kind of, yeah. sort of done at that point. Um, like I was at a gig yesterday. It was more low key. Um, oh, so funny. Uh, I was I was in hysterics. So essentially, a guy was. It was a small audience, about fifteen, and then the guy that was performing, he was he was doing some crowd work, trying to talk to the audience because he could realize that it was a bit odd and a weird gig. And then and heckler said something, and I can't remember what she said, but it was funny enough to get the whole audience laughing. And then right. he, the act, the comedian was like, "You're not helping me," and she was like, "Yes, I am." Everyone is laughing, and so that's oh, so I don't. And then she went one further and said, "You should thank me. You should thank me." And I, <laughs> this is when I was in the back in hysterics. Oh I my was, god! And then he lost his, she lost his shit. Yeah. But then, but she kept on saying, "No, you should thank me seriously. You're being rude now. You're not thanking me." And then he just thanked her. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so he had a, he, he was big yeah. mad I swear to him after he was big mad that's where that's the problem if you mm. don't sufficiently deal with a heckler and they take over then all the wood just like wow yeah. this guy this guy's a mug then isn't it yeah so, oh wow so, so that's why mad. you have to with them you have to kind of like stomp on them take them out show your boss and keep it moving because if they win it's going to be a difficult set for you after that yeah that's a difficult this that's that. a very interesting uh, nuance to performing that I hadn't really thought about, you know. Yeah, yeah, with anything like, like you've got to always you're you're the person with the mic. Like obviously you're doing if you're performing a, a track or whatnot and someone sort of distracting, well you gotta be the one that takes control of that situation because mm. if you don't and you lose control, you lose that balance, that power, so to speak, then the rest of the set's done. It's done. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's done. Yeah. Nah, mad. That's 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 mad, man. But otherwise, you know, man's 
Oh yeah, no, that, that's just, that's just a, that's just that's just a few. So I don't I don't get many of them before. I used yeah. to say I never get hecklers, but uh, you get a few of them. But it's just about trying to deal with them. But they, I don't go on. I never go on say freaking wrong. They're heckler. It's never in my yeah. frame of mind, and it's just if it comes whatever. Mm. Um, but the main thing is always, I always challenge myself before I go on stage. So it's either I'm gonna do a new joke, not a brand new yeah. joke. I'm I'm working on a joke that I'm trying to get right. So I'm, I've put a new line in that I want to see if it bangs. Or I'm trying to tighten up a set because I've got a big, either like if it's a TV gig or competition coming up or something like that. So I'm always trying to get something out of a gig. You know what I mean? So right. um, you always have to challenge. As you say, yeah. always challenge yourself and make it interesting for you. You know what I mean? Mm. So. Okay, that's that's interesting. So every new gig, you every gig you'll try and throw something in just to push yeah. the boundaries a little bit every time yeah yeah 100 yeah, yeah, like i need to i need to be getting something out of it so obviously at my level not every gig is going to be paid not everyone's going to be giving money so i need to make sure i get something out of this it could yeah. be me performing in front of a promoter that's going to get me hopefully on bigger gigs or a big opportunity mm-hmm. but still i still need to get something out of that the time i'm yeah. putting in to come here so is whether it's trying out a new joke or whether it's trying a different order or whether it's um, any anything like that, then I'm like, okay, boom, let me get something mm. out of this too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so th- this is something that I think I am like particularly curious about, which is mm. the skill set of being a comedian. Now, mm. like I from, again, from my own personal perspective, I feel like, being funny off the back of what people are saying and in a in a, in a, like a conversation or in a group setting, yeah, and then just being funny as a standalone person are two mm. very different things. Hundred percent. So how like what what are the different skill sets with becoming a comedian? What what do you class as a comedian as opposed to just somebody who's funny? What separates yeah. them? Yeah, that's good. That's a good distinction because I think. Funny people, there's funny people in all walks of life. Loads of people are funny. Like, you get, uh, and, lo- and some people, you can be funny and pe- go into presenting. There's loads of funny presenters or funny, interesting and entertaining presenters uh, that don't go into stand-up comedy because obviously it's, it's a different sort of ball game. Um, mm-hmm. You've got internet personalities, people who are funny internet personalities that are, yeah. or YouTubers, funny YouTubers who who can be funny talking to the camera, but obviously it's a different ball game when you're standing on stage and, I think doing it with stand-up, it depends what type of stand-up you are. I'm more of a storyteller, sort of observational comedian. So I, I sort of, like, I like to tell short stories um, because it's just easy mm. to remember for me. And then just deliver punchlines within the stories and move on to the next story. That's how I kind of like to do it. Um, mm-hmm. But I definitely think you have to be able, there's writing, the, the one part of comedy is writing. So writing the jokes and writing original sort of jokes. So jokes which you sort of haven't heard of before or jokes that you know aren't a sort of staple that you've probably seen in a meme somewhere and then you mm-hmm. also need someone who is can sort of perform and deliver the jokes how did they perform and their performance and delivery is another aspect so could anyone mm. can write funny stuff but then also you need someone to say the funny stuff and how do they mm. say it? is are they saying it in an entertaining and funny way or is their delivery quite boring where you're kind of like oh you're watching someone on stage like, ah, oh, this is this is dead. You know what I mean? So there's two parts to it. There's like the writing part and a performing delivery mm. part. And 
those are two aspects that not everyone is going to be comfortable with. Not everyone's going to be comfortable getting on a stage and performing to 500 or strangers and whatnot. So obviously, mm-hmm. initially, the thought that's intimidating. Now, I, I've fortunately I've done it so many times. I don't, I don't care. Um, but you like the that Jeez. in itself is intimidating. You get get on say the lights are all on you. It's just you and a microphone. You and mm-hmm. a microphone. No tools. Um, no, you can't edit. You know what I'm saying? When yeah, <laughs> the benefit YouTubers have is that they can edit. They can edit. Yeah. They do a scene. Or they they do a take. It's not funny. I don't find that funny. Or I, I need to put a bit more facial expression. Nah, with live comedy, it's live. You 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 fuck up a joke. You fuck up a joke. You can either go back mm-hmm. to it, start again, or just move on to another one and stuff. And there's no bringbacks with live comedy. It is what it is. Um. So those are those sort of different different things like writing. Uh, which really writing obviously depends I don't know YouTubers some YouTubers or personalities may stick to a script some may do it off the cuff but the writing aspect and also the performing delivery aspect which you don't it's not comfortable and a lot of people may not want to go down an uncomfortable route you know what I mean are there things that you do then outside of the arena of performing that help in any of those aspects would you say then uh the thing is, I'm not, I, I thought I was good at writing, but what I do is that if something comes to my mind, I may write it down and mm-hmm. thoughts and ideas come to my mind at the wrong time, typically in the gym. So while I'll be working out in the gym early morning and ideas are flowing in my brain, but I'm like trying to focus on the workout and it's difficult for me because mm. it's like, I'm like, this is a fire idea. Boom, boom, boom. And then it's like, the guy's like, look, how many sets you got left? So you're like, <laughs> you're trying to balance it all in it. Um, yeah yeah but um but i think it's just trying to find time to write and find um yeah it's mainly just finding time to write and then because you always got to keep writing you always got to keep working the the brain of writing and you're always getting closer to who you think you are because the thing with stand-up is that and everyone's everyone starts you're not going to be great and i'm still working on improving and stuff like that but hopefully right now the stuff i'm saying is closer to who i am because sometimes it's easy to get on stage and be a character of who you are or who, or you are pretended to be someone who you think, you're saying jokes that you think you need to say rather than jokes pertinent to yourself. And I think right. a lot of acts start off like that. Also, a lot of acts start off and they're copying their favourite comics, the way mm-hmm. their style and how they carry themselves because that's what they know. And then it takes yeah. time to become an act yourself and becoming who you are on stage and stuff. So... Uh, but that comes with time anyway. You you become closer to who you are the more times you perform and you find out what genuinely makes you laugh um, yeah. and whatnot. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it, it, it makes sense. Like, you use the people that you're inspired by and that have influenced you as a template when you start yeah. something new. And then that, over time, you start to inject more of yourself in because 100%. you realise certain elements don't really fit who you are. So you have 100%. to kind of carve them into who you are like yourself and and i think yeah then you start to feel the authenticity from people more when they when they do that and then they become their thing like they become the guy or the gal yeah yeah 100 percent. it's all about authenticity and like i think that comes best when if the people that know you come and watch you perform and they're and if Mm. they can say okay that that's them on stage that's them Rather than you know, ah, oh, that you know that I don't, that don't really. Now that's not him, or that's not really her. She's she's acting, she's pretending. You know what I mean? And obviously, only your good people that know you will be able to tell you whether that's yeah. on stage. You know what I mean? Because they know you. 
they know who you are off stage and they they will tell uh, how close is that and obviously i'm not exactly the same person that my persona on stage is a heightened or extreme version of who i am off stage mm. otherwise you need to be you need to be hitting an extreme of some sort otherwise it won't be funny you know what i mean like if you're <laughs> yeah. a middle of yeah. a person who doesn't do anything dramatic, who doesn't get into any silly situations or silly scenarios, then who wants to hear about that? Yeah, yeah, standard, yeah. There's a reason why Keir Starmer's not a comedian. He's very middle of the road, very dry, straight and narrow, you know what I mean? So you need someone who's yeah. at an extreme, who's a bit more wild, you know what I mean, to, to make people uh, laugh. How great would the world be, though, where a politician was part-time part -time and as a, as a stand-up comedian? That would be <laughs> sick. That happened. Well, well, we had that with Donald Trump, but also we had um, <laughs> that that guy. Was a that guy was a comedian. Like obviously, politics aside, he was a comedian. Like some of the yeah. things he would tweet, I'm like, I wish, I wish I had the brain and the creativity to think like that. But I don't. <laughs> but I think the current Ukrainian president was a comedian. I can't. I I need, I'm gonna get his name. But the current Ukrainian president was, was actually like legit. Oh. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. While, yeah. while they were in office? No, like, he was a comedian before. I think he was a comedian, then oh, did TV, and then it's gone right. into... Um, yeah, I think Ukrainian president. Like, he was like, literally a stand-up, stand-up comic, so... It's claim to frame. I think, yeah, uh, Zlanesky. Vlad Vladimir Zlanesky. Yeah, that cat. Co comic. Ah. <laughs> That's mad. He used the power of his of making people laugh to be like, by the way, just head into the voting booth after my that, well, that, that's after it. my performance, yeah? That's it. And then, you know, like, obviously, you, there's transferable skills, being comfortable with public mm. speaking, being comfortable to... So you can you can write, so you know how to write speeches, you know how to make them humorous and make them entertaining. You can, you've got charisma, you've got charm. So all those sort of things that make yeah. them interesting. A lot of the times the politicians that we like, leaders... It's not always their policies. It's more the package, how they present themselves, how they come, come across. Yeah. Are they charismatic? Are they interesting? Uh, do they have buzzwords that you kind of like to hear and stuff like that? And, you know, uh, mm. I, I've, not, I've never seen this guy in action, but, you know, he's clear he was a comic, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon you could probably, as much as he's got a questionable... Uh, working style or delivering our, our our policies in the country, probably Boris Johnson could could with a certain crowd. Oh no, he's charismatic. The thing with Boris is that like he's charismatic, you know, and people he's he plays up to the whole persona of the sort of buffoon, the silly, yeah. the silly guy, the eccentric, and the, the media love him for it, you know, and they they will bypass his fuckeries because he's, yeah. he's, he's he's a funny person and. That's what's what's going for him, and that's probably why he gets the leeway that he's been getting, you know, because obviously mm. his, his politics is the fuckeries, you know. So yeah, but anyway, not not getting into yeah, into no, yeah, that not getting too, political. So. Yeah. yeah, um, you mentioned though about um people coming to watch your shows to yeah. verify. Oh yeah, that is you know the mm. person that I know. Would you recommend that for people who are aspiring comedians and for them to get people that they know to to watch them uh, so that they're authentic to, to as a litmus test for their authenticity yeah and it takes time to get to your authentic self i would say like it like i'm still working to get there but it probably took me probably a couple years before i really got there not just saying stuff because i thought it'll, it'll get a laugh mm. just saying stuff which is true to me but also funny 
Um, and other to be fair, starting out in London, different places, different. But in London, you have to do what they call bringer gigs. And these are gigs where you have to bring an audience member to perform, uh, which is a bit mm. annoying. And they're, they're, they're seen as a bit controversial. But through that, you get people come in who are able to tell you, all right, cool. They liked it or whatever it is. And then they can give you feedback that way. But it's useful. I wouldn't say it's mandatory, but it's useful just here and there so they can see you do your thing. And then you can be like, right, boom. You know, because it's easy. A lot of the gigs, a lot, a, a lot. For example, a lot of the gigs I do, obviously, is mainstream, mainstream or majority white audiences. I've I've done mm. gigs, obviously, for for black rooms as well, but it's majority white audiences. So, as yeah. a, a black person, you can easily, if you're not careful, fall into the trap of saying, uh, just doing coonery. Yeah, you can, you, it's easy to fall into trap if if you're not Stop conscious, if you're just out. thinking. If you're thinking, I just want people to laugh, even if it's not pertinent, mm. you can go in the room and start sort of just using stereotypes and just making people laugh. Because people will laugh. If you're self-deprecating and it's a stereotype, people will laugh. So, yeah. you know, if you go in yeah. there and start saying, you know, uh, today I, I I woke up, then I smoked the weed, then I got chased by the police, and then the police chased me, to the, and you can just put all these stereotypes together, people will laugh. So it's yeah. sometimes you do need someone that knows you to come and watch you to sort of, not make sure you're not doing that, but like definitely just make sure that you're not selling yourself short, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that you're at least aware, by the way. I know yeah. you're doing Yeah, this by the thing. way, the material, you're doing this thing and in your material, you're using a lot of a lot of stereotypes or whatever it is, you know. I'm yeah. not, I'm, but I'm just saying sometimes you just, it's good to have someone that knows you. Just mm. come to see what you're doing and make sure you're not you're not doing any, any, any anything cooterish, that's all. Yeah, I think well specifically in this context being a black man that's important yeah no of uh, course and yeah. like, don't get me wrong like i've had this conversation with fellow fellow black comics too like you don't want to you just want to be able to make someone laugh so you don't want to be this you don't have to be this activist or this political figure you just want to go and just tell your jokes you it's you you should be able to just go on today tell your jokes go home you don't have to change mm. the world and change people's opinions but i guess my personal stance is you can do that you don't have to be an activist by any stretch but definitely don't sell don't make your people the butt of the jokes for other people. Yeah, yeah. That's my that's where my yeah. line is. Uh, every line is going to be different, but I mean, bash whatever, say whatever, but just don't don't do that. That's that's where I draw the line personally. But there's no rule when it comes to that. Everyone's different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You've got to do what's best and more. Yeah, hundred percent for you. Hundred yeah, percent, definitely. Um, so. Uh, one question which which might be interesting and you may have touched mm. on it earlier but i think um asking you specifically it will be good to know um so like for me i love doing the podcast because i get gassed just hearing people's stories about how mm. they started um a new endeavor and then worked to become better and become competent and then also just start putting themselves out to the world and mm. You know, I love asking questions that makes people have to like ask themselves about their journeys and and mm. and then and talk about it really. Um, and seeing like the cogs where I like, oh yeah, like I never really thought about it this way, but when I did X, Y, Z, A, B, C happened and I felt, you know, this kind of way or that kind of way. So for yourself, how would you describe how you feel uh internally and on a deeper level when you are performing? And, you know, people are resonating with your jokes and with your stories and they're loving your performances. What does that do for you? 
yeah, I think there's. Uh, I've said it before. Like, like I struggle to find a better feeling than making a room erupt with laughter. Like, I can't. It's difficult for me to the feeling how good that feels. It's difficult for me to equate it to other things. You know, it's just mm. I just put that on such a high level. Like, there's no better feeling of like you saying a joke and the room just whoosh. Like, the whole room is dying of laughter. You just hear people mm. laughing, crying, clapping, whatever it is. You've clearly resonate with them on on a on a big level, and that mm. there's this weird. There's no better feeling than that, and it's so weird having. It's weird going from how long, however long to set. You can do a ten minute set in front of a packed audience. They are loving you. Da 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 da. And then you go from almost being like a superstar. You feel like a superstar for that ten minutes, and then you're literally <laughs> just waiting at a bus stop half an hour later. It's so weird <laughs> to go from like you're the you're the man you're the person yada 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 yeah. all that and you and then you're just you when you leave that venue and you have just you're back to you're back on earth you're not a superstar you're, mm-hmm. you're literally waiting for a bus or you're going to get the tube or whatnot and that is a weird sort of mindset to get used to going from you're the guy we love you water. Okay, now I'm just back to my regular life. Tap, tap the Oyster card, boom, or tap my phone, contactless, whatever it is. And yeah. just, just getting on with my day. Yeah. How do you manage those swing of emotions and keep grounded then? Because that can obviously be quite a lot of, of a, yeah. a bit of emo- an emotional roller coaster. So how do you specifically I, manage that? It's, it's difficult. Sometimes, sometimes it's, diff- it's difficult too. I can't say I particularly manage it in a certain way. That's a good question. I don't, because it's, it's it's very difficult. Because in this game, you don't you don't get big headed. So you kind of sometimes when you're feeling that euphoria or an excitement, you kind of have to temper it yourself. Because you kind of have to be like, I doubt in my I can leave a gig. That was a great gig. I'm so excited. I want to tell the mm. world about it. I could maybe maybe want to write a tweet about how good that gig was. But for people on Twitter, may not care. They yeah. they may not care, they don't care. They have the bad guy about the business. Hey, you had a good game, cool, wasn't it? Cool story, bro. The, <laughs> the the feeling I may be feeling, it may not be matched by other people. So sometimes you kinda of have to like accept, all right, cool, you know what, that was good. That was good for what it was. That moment mm-hmm. was good. Respect the moment, but your own is but you got another another gig tomorrow. And then you tell yourself the challenge was to try to replicate that feeling. And then you kind of just move on to the next one because you can't. If you wrestle your lovers about what you just done, you will never move forward. I guess it's this going back to the start about motivation and stuff like that. So sometimes yeah. you kind of like, okay, cool, that was good, that was nice the way it was, but let's get them again. Let's do. It. Can you do that again? Can as the as mm. in football? Can you do that on a Tuesday evening in Wet Stoke? You know what I'm saying? Can you do that at the Britannia when it's raining? And then it's kind of yeah. like that sort of mentality. Can you do it again? And I guess that's what kind of have to. You have to bring yourself down. So if you don't bring yourself down, someone will bring you down and you won't be in control of that. So it's always mm. better to let you yourself temper yourself. All right, cool. All right, that was mm. nice. The moment was nice. But what's the next thing i got to do? All right, boom, i got to write. i got to write for this. Uh, I, I need to write an application for something like this or what, whatever it is. I need to write these new jokes or I want to make a sketch or whatever it is and you mm. can kind of just move on to the next thing. So you don't always get to fully enjoy the wins. Um... But that's just part of the business, isn't it? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, you you know, wins and losses are just common in in every mm. in every area. And so I guess you have to pre- 
it, if it hasn't hit you, then you have to kind of be like, okay, I can't get too gassed because yeah, this could all crumble. It's not, it might not be likely, but it can happen. Yeah, 100%. Um, would you say then that you chase having those moments again? Or is that, ba- would you say that's imbalance as well? Because I can imagine on the flip side, mm-hmm. you get people who are always trying to chase getting that, like the height of, or the peak of performance where everybody is just laughing at everything, you're, uh, all, the, all, the, all the jokes and all the stories that you're putting out. And like, you're just in a purple patch. Is, has there ever been a time where you've chased that and chased getting yeah. that feeling? I think I think you're always trying to chase. You're always trying to chase a perfect set. You're always trying to chase. Uh, you always want like whether it's a ten minute set I'm doing or twenty minute set. You're always chasing a set where from start to finish, it is just raucous laughter. That would be like that would be the aim for me. Like I've got a funny twenty minute set. I can do a funny and it'll be funny. And it'll be interesting, mm-hmm. hopefully, for the 20 minutes. But do I have it raucous? No. Do I have people falling off, like, from start to finish, it's just people are falling off the chairs. They just... It's just tears down their face. That's mm-hmm. elite-level comedy. So I'm you're always chasing that. Oh, I'm always chasing that. That's the aim. I, I can never... Even though I'm talking about doing a six-minute hour, can I... The next aim, as I said, the future hours, can I have a raucous... From start to finish, people are beside themselves of funny. And that's mm. when I know I've really, really made it. Like, um, I don't know, you, you heard of Patrice O'Neill? Um, maybe, not, not to, not, not, not to mind, maybe. No, that's cool. No, he's, he's an American comic. He passed away probably a decade ago. But he's got a special right. out. He's the special he performed uh, in the year before he passed. It's called Elephant in the Room. And... That is one of the best specials I've seen. So from start to finish, like an hour, hour, 20 minutes long, just raucous, funny. And he's even talking mm-hmm. to the audience in between and stuff he's saying to the audience is as funny as the material. And it's just, it's that is like elite level mm. comedy for me. That's that's elite level. Raucous funny, not just haha, like you are slapping your knees sort of. That is like hilarious sort of funny. So that's... And that's, that's someone that was in the game for, I think, at least 20 years. So you don't get mm. to that overnight. You get to that for years and years and years. Mm. So that's the ultimate aim. And you're always chasing a perfect set. You won't always get it because different audiences have had different people in them who like different things, who are going to be interested in different topics, who resonate mm-hmm. with it differently and stuff like that. So, But that's always the aim, to get to a point where you can have a raucous... Like, for me, that that's... That's the level I want to get to. That sort of start mm. to finish. LOL, crazy laughter. People are in tears because it's just so funny. That will be the aim. Yeah, man. I mean, bro, you sounds like you're working hard towards that. Like, Oh, you, oh, you have to the... be. I, I'm not working as hard as I should be, but that that's the goal. And I need to make sure if that's the goal, cool. That's all nice setting goals, but you need to work towards mm. those goals. And that is where I'm always at. I'm always trying to punch stuff up or make stuff better or make something more interesting or stuff like that. Mm. So it's that's where I would be happy. But then again, I could get there and the, the goal may change. But that is, yeah. that's the type of comedy I would love to do, just raucous from start to finish. Not just, oh, hey, 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 like, ha, 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 like big laughter. But you need to 
I need to get better. But that, that's years. It may take yeah. me years to get there. And I may have to accept yeah. that it will take me years to get there, you know? Of course, yeah. But anything worth getting at, at that level. Oh, yeah. You get to that level. You 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 you, you got to put in. Yeah, 100%. percent got to put it in, yeah. 100%. Dave sure. Chappelle's been in the game 30 plus years, you know? You, people talk, like, you can't cheat 30 yeah. years. Yeah. You can't <laughs> cheat 30 years. You can't take it. That's not a shortcut. That's someone that's been in, that's been in the game and writing and performing and trying mm. stuff out. And that's, you just got to keep your head down, keep working, keep improving. And the rest, everything else will fall into place. That's kind of my sort of motto of things, you know, just keep working, keep improving. And all the other stuff, fame and all that stuff will, will come. If you're good enough, you, you have to be so good enough, they can't deny you. And I say yeah. that to say that, like, you just, if you're, if you're so good, people just will gravitate towards you. So look at mm. someone like Munya, you know, that guy, yeah. he's just putting out quality content consistently and it obviously, I'm sure it took him a while to get to a level where the content was that good. And once you're there, people just will find you because they, they have, they can't ignore quality. You can't ignore quality. So it's about trying to work yeah. and get to a level of quality that people can't ignore you, you know? Mm. Mm. That's a really good point. It's, it's happening in a lot of places, like even away from uh, comedy, like music as well, like yeah. with the, the scene in the UK, like, yeah. It got to a point where labels themselves are just like we can't ignore 100%. that these that the rappers, the MCs, uh, all the musicians coming out from like the 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 urban, i.e. black music scene are yeah, good. Black music scene. Yeah, one hundred percent. And if you know, you can't just hopefully leads to more. But yeah, that's why we're getting more people. Number one, obviously, uh, Dave was number one recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, was it. Uh, who else is number one recently? I can't remember, but it's, it's coming more. Nines had the number one album. It's becoming more sort yeah. of uh, regular where we see that. And that's because obviously they resonate with their fans. They're fans who are sort of resonating with this sort of music. And it's so it's good. So they can't they can't deny it. If, if it's that good, yeah. it can't be denied. So it's about getting to a level mm. where it's, it's the stand-up is so good that people can't deny it. And that's, yeah. that, that, that's the aim. That's always the aim. Mm. Mm. Um, obviously sometimes, you know, when you're putting yourself out creatively and, mm-hmm. and, you know, performing or, or, or putting work out there, sometimes things don't go to plan. Um, right. so for yourself, especially initially in the journey when you were just trying stand up as everyone who's tried anything mm-hmm. sees, they, there's times where things don't go to plan, things go bad or things just don't really bang the way you expected. Yeah, hundred percent. How, yeah, how did how did you overcome times when performances weren't that great and you had to first see them out? And then, what did you learn from any of those mistakes or any of those sets that weren't in your favor going forward? Yeah, I think I, one thing I do I always audio record my sets, and I think a lot of comics do this anyway. So I'm always. If I can't get a video, mm. I always just put the voice recorder on my phone, put it in my pocket or put it down by the stage somewhere. Okay. Because that's objective. I may leave a gig feeling a type of way, but the, the audio recording doesn't lie. It will right. tell me where the laughs came, at what point, the mood in the... It'll give me a sense of the mood in the room at the time I said something. So that doesn't yeah. lie. So that having that objective sort of evidence is always good for me. So I can listen back even a day later or whatnot and be like, okay, boom, how was this gig then? 
I may be thinking that it was terrible, but maybe it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Or it it mm. could confirm it was terrible. It could be like, okay, this is a show. <laughs> and it, it, it was yeah. what it was. And I think mean, I always listen back and I always, if there's a bit, so sometimes you kind of know if your material's not good enough or you need to punch up a bit. So you always, so I know bits that I'm like, okay, I've, I'm like, sometimes I give bits free chances. Like if it dies three times and I'm like, okay, we've got to get rid of this material. Or if it's mm. got a bit of, hope in it or there's something in it and maybe i'll try to edit it then then chop it and change it you know so mm-hmm. but dealing with a bad gig they're never easy it's not nice um i sometimes tell myself look i could have a bad day at work but you may like and this is just a bad day at work this is a bad day at the office it it, it was a good and i always try to look at myself first because i can control what i do i can control my material i can control mm. how i perform and deliver the material i can't control the audience i could be like well they were at this audience they could they were at that audience but at the same time i can't control that there's no point me putting time and energy into something that i can't control i'm not involved i can't control who comes yeah i can control what i perform to them but i can control who comes so let me focus my energy in making the, the material better because the material can always improve making sure my mm. delivery and how i perform can always improve and then i just try to put my energy into that those are the variables that you can i can control so those are the variables i'm gonna put my time and efforts into trying to improve Mm, mm, yeah it's a very good um point to make like owning the things that you can do because i guess ultimately that is all you can do so when when you reflect on those moments because obviously in some respect you know you do give up control in performing because you're like okay this is my this is my work do you like yeah. it yeah um so oh wait just lost my point there actually <laughs> no, 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 you're talking about giving work and liking it and i think the yeah. thing with comedy you have to accept it's like 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 comedy or whether just human relationships not everyone is going to like me you have to accept not yeah. everyone will like you not right. everyone can like you. you you're a human with these attributes that won't connect with everyone. My views right. won't resonate with everyone. And I accept yeah. that. You can't, not everyone will like you. There mm. are, I find, I find Dave Chappelle hilarious. There are people who don't find Dave Chappelle funny. I think they're crazy, but that's just who, what it is. I'm with you there because that's but, a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, that's what, people who don't find it. And that's, that's crazy to me, but that's just, and that's just people. So yeah. I've got to say, if people don't find Dave Chappelle funny, then who am I to question anyone who don't find me funny? <laughs> so that's kind of how I look at it. So yeah. you kind of have yeah. to accept that not everyone will like you. Not everyone yeah. will find you funny. And you sometimes it's about trying to focus and put your energy to people who do. Because if you spend your time worrying about people who don't, you're going to forget mm. and neglect a subsection of the audience who do like you, who, who are enjoying what you're doing, who are really listening and showing you that they're listening, you know? Mm. And it's like... Do you obviously we're gonna reference the person the person the person sitting at the front there? Do you? I know I said sometimes I, want, I do. Part of me does want to crack them, but another part of me is always like, do I perform to him folding his arms, or do I perform to the other two hundred people who are actually paying attention? And yeah, it's better better to pay attention to listen, pay attention. I pay perform to those paying attention rather than the one who isn't so interested. And a good mm. thing about it is that more time people when they're in an audience if they're not interested they may just not sit there and not be interested it's not like twitter where some or instagram someone may type 
that wasn't funny. Or they may take it a bit further and be like, that wasn't funny. Like, Twitter and Instagram comments are basically like the hecklers in an audience. You know what I mean? So someone's yeah. a heckle. And, but it's a bit easier to do it when social media. Like, to, to, to heckle actually takes a lot of steps to be like, I'm going to say something. But yeah. it's a bit easier on Instagram to be like, oh, that was dead or that was weak or that was trash. or that, Especially if it's a pylon. Like, if you see, if you go to tweet, see all the quote tweets are higher, is the highest number, you know they're cooking someone. So you, it's easy <laughs> just to add your own cooking in it. Like, oh, yeah. that was weak or whatever, that was trash. Da, 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 boom, boom, boom. Oh. You know, like when you see somebody got, like cool like I'm sure they got the message now you see when it gets to yeah. thousands like can't. like we all know they're being cooked like just the people yeah. that was dead <laughs> ah it's like alright calm nah. down now you know what I find the funniest yeah with the Instagram and Twitter comments yeah. I started to notice recently like you know what some people are just here trying to actually get a buzz for themselves off the back of all the hate they might not even yeah. actually they might not even actually dislike or yeah. hate or or be against what that person yeah. has put out but because everyone else is commenting something they're trying to comment something funny which yeah, is putting 100%. down that person i'm just like oh that's so mad like yeah. you can't even take stock with the comments because people are running with different agendas in there they're yeah. just yeah. Yeah. No. No. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Everyone's got a different agenda. Obviously, clout is a, is a hell of a drug, and people want a lot of clout. <laughs> I don't know what people want to do with the clout, but people love clout regardless. And I think it's about accept. Like when it comes to putting stuff on social media, you kind of have to have this sort of. I. Uh, this is my art. This is. Mm-hmm. I. I like it. I think it's good. I hope you like it too. And accept that there will be there will be people who who like it, and there will be people who won't like it. And that's mm. just what you kind of have to do. You can't police. Yeah. Once you put it out in the atmosphere, you can't police it. You just have <laughs> yeah. to, you can't really, but you just have to say, all right, boom, I put it out there. And you need to just hope, like, just remember that you're not in control. Um, mm. Cause that, that's yeah. the thing with social media. That's the difference with social media and performing live. Like I'm more comfortable performing live. I think I'm, I'm more myself when I perform live. When I'm thinking of a sketch idea or something to do, I probably deviate away from who I am a bit. Because I start put, thinking I need to put on a character and be a character and pretend mm. to be someone. And it's not really me. It's not really authentic to myself. Um, yeah. But the, but the thing is, doing sketch, sketches, Instagram stuff, is that you only find out it's funny when you put it out. Like, you can maybe ask a, a close friend or close person, I right, watch this video, what do you think? Before putting it out on socials. But you only really find out for sure when you put it on socials. Yeah. Whereas stand-up, it's not. It's nice that you only, you find out it's funny when you perform in front of an audience, but then that audience isn't the internet. When yeah. your audience is the internet, it's a bit more difficult because you're you're really leaving yourself up for ridicule. Um, yeah, yeah. You're you're widening the spectrum of things that the responses that you could get to what you 100%. put out there. Really, hundred percent. Yeah, know, you could think it's really funny. Someone, cause someone, someone in fucking Kansas can be like, "That was fucking trash, dude," and you have to hold it. <laughs> You have to hold it. <laughs> so Kansas. <laughs> yeah, some random place. So some guy from Kansas is like, that was trash, dude. Or you could have guy, young people from Kuala Lumpur hitting you up saying that was dead. And you're like, what? <laughs> Man is from a different time zone telling you your shit is dead. And you have to hold it. That's the internet. Oh you have to hold it. Oh, my God. That is funny, man. <laughs> you have to hold that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're putting yourself out on the internet, at this point, you should know that 
Yeah. Bro, it comes with the territory, man. Oh, it man. just comes with the territory. Yeah. You, you know, like, I, f- I follow Shadeborough and you literally, people be trying to delete stuff. You can't delete anything, man. Shadeborough had reminded me, if I need a reminder, that nothing is deleted. Once you're on the internet, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. Because someone has screenshotted it. Next, you know, Shadeborough posted it. Ah, it's all long, man. It's all long. It's, it's all long. Mm. But, um, yeah, I guess another another thing that may or may not be a consideration for you Mm. Um. Obviously, you know you're training as a as a as a as a junior doctor. Am mm-hmm. I right? Yeah, not spot on, spot on. Um, whilst also you know being on the road doing shows and mm. committing a lot of time towards a comedy craft. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, again, personal um, perspective. Yeah. <clears throat> as a as an industry, you know, the medical industry seems like a very like proper industry where people are like mm. there is a proper way to be a proper way to to do things etc etc mm. so mm-hmm. I, this is kind of a two-pronged question but first what is the secret for you being able to manage it all because from what I've seen of even just like medical students at uni I was like yeah I don't envy you guys because it seems like mm. their work like mm-hmm. just a lot of work um especially having to train um like in different fields and and yeah, i guess if, sure. if if things if if uh there's developments in science that allows for new technology and all those things having to retrain in those areas um how do you manage it all is the first one and then secondly have there been any issues with like the image of being a comedian in relation to your day job there may not be, there, there, there might be. Um, mm. Obviously, being a comedian requires a level of intelligence, but there may also be some discrepancies with people within the medical field that are like, mm. you can't be both kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah, what's sure. been your experience in, in, uh, with, with both of those questions? Um, the, to take the first one, I think the, the workload settles when you start working. So it's like I have more free time than I did when I was a student which is good. Mm. Um, and you can be as much involved in medicine as you kind of want to be. You can be the person who, after you finish your day, go read up about a subject and, you know, be studying or going to all these courses and seminars and conferences. Or you can be like me, that when the clock stops, you shut off and you move on. And I've kind of always mm. been that person. So don't get me wrong. Like if I need to, and I've done a few external exams uh, where I've had to like kind of shut myself off after work. I'll just be revising. Won't be doing anything else really that interesting. And I've done that yeah. like in three month blocks, and I've fortunately passed both of them. So um, I've had to do that. I appreciate that, man. Um, so I've had to do that twice. Where I had to three months to shut myself off from everything, yeah. like, like, revise and, and study and stuff. Uh, but apart from that, like you can just kind of live your life. And it's only when mm. it comes to applying for something just in the months before you just get your sort of act together so have doing those exams means that i have the free time to do the gigs and whatnot and in terms of yeah. getting support like most of colleagues even like senior doctors in the hospital are quite supportive like i even had one a few years a couple of years ago that actually came to a gig that came and watched one so yeah generally that is quite sort of supportive like people sort of show a lot of love to it and whatnot i guess mm. 
I guess I keep my work up. If it got to a point where my work was really slacking, then that's when they could try to use that against me. So if you make sure that you, you do the work in anything, then you just make sure it means that they can't really come at you. Because like, what, I'm doing something in my free time, what's your business? That's the sort of mm. attitude I kind of have of it. As long as I'm not bringing the, the profession or the hospital I work at into disrepute, then I don't see what the issue really should be if anyone was to have an issue. Um, right. That's why I don't really announce where I work or... Um, yeah, I don't really announce where I work and I don't really say... I don't say anything too mad that... It's good. Yeah, I don't really say anything that mad, if you know what I mean. So there's nothing yeah. that I'd really say. Like, if I listen back to myself, I'm like, no, nah, like, this is light. Um, every every type of comedy is different, but my stuff's not really that controversial. That it's like, raw, right. like, you're, you're risking it all, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, that's, 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 that's good, though, that you got the support from, yeah, from, your, man. from your colleagues, because it's, it's important. Else, isn't it? Yeah, something yeah. else, something interesting. Like, obviously, most people... Because the thing with medicine, unfortunately, it's like a conveyor belt. Like, you jump off, you jump on, and then people just continue, continue, continue. And lot, not a lot of people jump off, you know. There, I know a few people who have jumped off recently, and they seem to be enjoying their life. But a lot more people stay on, and people are afraid to sort of break the mould. But I just think now, especially with the younger generation, us generation coming through, like, we're a bit more like, no, nah, I want to do, do something else as well, you know. And I think yeah. we're becoming a bit more sort of... Uh, so us millennials becoming a bit more sort of portfolio. I guess portfolio career is probably the type of word I'm looking for. Like we can have our main job, but we also got a side hustle, and that side hustle could be something that makes money, or it could just be a hobby. And we're just mm. always looking to do something else. And I just think that I'm just another person who's just I've got a career, but I've also got something else which is a hobby, which is a hobby getting out of control, but it's a hobby nonetheless. <laughs> and it's yeah. just I'm just seeing where it takes me, man. Just seeing where it takes me. Oh, that's. <clears throat> that's that's it um mm. and i've seen that it's taken you um to to, to do uh you know numerous shows uh, in yeah. different places you know i've seen it you performed in camden's comedy club in backyard mm. comedy club as well in bethlehem mm. and i know dave Chappelle was there what a few years ago a couple years hey, ago. yeah yeah he he they didn't tell me he was going to be there but uh, yeah he was there still yeah 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 he was, was he there, performing right? the same time you were no 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 chance no no chance no no he was um (laughs) he did a show he i think like basically like a black british comedy sort of gig and he basically hosted i I think he was hosting the gig and he just brought people up in it and i think i I went there but something like the show was dope in it okay okay and um i've seen you you know you've performed in uh manchester too frog and bucket i yeah. think is the name of the yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 spot on. You, you done, you've done some research bro come on man <laughs> this is this, this is my team <laughs> yeah yeah no 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 you spot on there yeah it's all facts all facts yeah so how have you like what's been the process of getting these chances to perform at um comedy clubs mm. especially if it's not open mic and you know you're part yeah. of the guest listener and and doing a set how how has that um materialized for you yeah yeah for sure this is about building your sort of setup set up in it and like you you start off the aim is to do you, the shortest sets of five minutes and you get to a point where in your local area you're doing well with the five minute sets then you hopefully progress that in those clubs in those sort of open mic gigs that you start 10 minute sets then when you get to 10 minutes you've got a 10 minute a good 10 minute set that's when you can start applying to clubs and most comedy clubs they will do they call it open spot so they have in the middle section in sandwich in between like a, two pros 
Um, they have two 10 minute spots for acts who are coming through to sort of do their thing. And usually they're not paid or you may get like 20 pound expenses or something like that. But that's your opportunity to do your thing in front of the club sort of bookers and whatnot. And then you try, you get onto a few of those mm. and you get onto one, then you can use that as leverage to get onto another. Because every club is right. different, run by different people. So you're all, you're basically trying to build relationships with different club promoters at different clubs. So you right. see, a lot of com- comedy is not even, the, the funny is such a small part of it. Being funny, <laughs> turn out is a, the, a lot of it is admin and fostering relationships. Those are, those yeah. are the key things because you need to be able to foster relationships to all these different promoters, all the, uh, up and down the country. Um, so they sort of know you, know who you are and whatnot. And then you, you get time, get to a point where you can start emailing some of them and sh- kind of shooting your shot. Some some clubs mm. are quite strict and where they, they're like, okay, you've got to do our new material night or our open mic night. And then we see you there before we can put you on a pro night. Uh, others, uh, you can email then and apply, then you'll get in through that way. So it's about trying to get your head through the door. And if they see you and they like you, then they progress you. Uh, it may, they mm. may like, come back and do another 10-minute spot or it may be a case of, okay, that was really good. Okay, come do 15 minutes next time or whatever it is. Um, right. But you're always trying to prove your... You're always kind of on trial. And the the, yeah. the goal, I guess the, the pinnacle, is getting to the point where you get to do the weekend paid 20 minute spots. So those are, that's when you're actually getting right. paid, you're doing 20 minute spots. And then obviously you move, you hopefully get to a point where you're good enough and they trust you to headline to close the show. And if you get to that point, then you're at the top of the comedy sort of club game. And then obviously after right. the comedy clubs, there's uh, essentially long story short, they're really good circuit comedians, the people that do the comedy clubs, but you can progress from the comedy clubs if you start building a fan base for yourself. So if you've got your yeah. own fans, you don't need to perform in comedy clubs. You don't right. need to. It doesn't mean you don't have to, but because it's still money at the end of the day. But you can progress to start doing your own tours. And you can do your, mm. your tours in comedy clubs, or you can do your tours in like art theatres, uh, art centres, right. theatres, and then if you're big as Michael McIntyre, you do your stuff in arenas. So that's, mm. those are the levels that right. there are in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's I, f- I find it really interesting because um I watched I think it was Kevin Hart's um I watched his documentary and his um mm-hmm. and his interview with Joe Rogan that came yeah. out maybe a year or two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I really didn't know about the 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 game in terms of like building up, you know, your your material across mm-hmm. like these venues so like going from the clubs to like your own shows oh, to, like, yeah. the big yeah now, that's obviously that's kevin hart kevin. he's like obviously he, oh, yeah. he's got access to to sell out arenas <laughs> obviously um i could have sell a ticket in an arena but like that's the thing you've got a it's about building your your set and there are different mm. places where you can do that so pros like him or superstars like him he could probably just email a club, be like, "Hey, can I come do twenty minutes?" So I'm like, "Yeah, of course, Kevin. Any day of the week." Da, 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 da. Yeah. Um, until you get to that level, you kind of have to take what they give you. You know, you're not a big name. Yeah. I, my name's not going to sell any tickets, so I kind of accept. I need the clubs. I need the clubs more than they need yeah. me. You know what I mean? Right now, um, because it's just an avenue for me to work my stuff in front of a genuine audience. Because that's all mm. I kind of need now. I just need to work my stuff in front of an audience uh, to get to a point where I'm happy with it, and then. Hopefully, I can take it somewhere. But then again, you need to to go on tour. You need an audience. You need a, your own audience. And how do you build your own audience? Yeah. 
that's the question you gotta ask yourself then mm. that's when social media comes into play and so whatnot and of the reason why one of the reasons why mo gilligan's been so successful is that he built his own audience on social media so then yeah. where he where he, had, he got to a point where he could be like i can go on tour with my audience yeah, I can. I don't need to go to the clubs. I can just rent out venues, go on tour, and people will come and see me. And that's what it was. And you know, mm-hmm. uh, you get to that point where you have got your own fan base. You're laughing. Yeah, because the fan base will follow you. You know. Yeah. You see someone like KSI. Obviously, not a comedian. He's a YouTuber, but his fans will follow him wherever. Whether it's yeah. music, whether it's the boxing, they will follow him. So he's built up his own fan base. Where regardless of what he does, they will follow him. And that's yeah. where you need to, but it's 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 hard. It's hard balance with comedy because part of me is like I need to actually get better. Um, so At I the need skill to just, set. Yeah, I yeah. need to actually get better. So when then I can focus on building an audience. Some people do it simultaneously. My my things like let me actually get good. Mm. Then oh, I can have something sustainable to sell to people because obviously people come out and see you and they're like you're trash. Then they may not ever come again. You may lose them forever so to speak so yeah. it's always finding that sort of balance between actually getting better and improving whilst I'm under the radar I might as well improve get better make my mistakes I need to make then be thrown mm. in the limelight and I'm not ready for it so it's that a bit give and mm. take there mm. um, no, it's, 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 re- it's interesting what you said about building the skill set rather than building the following base mm. or that being the main focus um, in terms of building a skill set, and just because we've talked about it uh, mm-hmm. across the podcast, um, you've you've been saying about the difference. With, you've been saying about doing ten minute sets and twenty minute mm. sets, and then like headline, and then you know your own tour, and then the big one hour Netflix special. I'm guessing mm. is like at the moment maybe the pinnacle, pinnacle. That, that's that's, of that's the game. Yeah, yeah. If you get Netflix special, it's, yeah, that's that's a, that's yeah. a big look. That's a big look. Yeah. How out of curiosity like how different are are those um arenas in in the sense of what you actually have to deliver and the skills that you need like a 10 minute set versus a 20 minute set versus an hour is it Mm. that are there are there are there that many variations in it or is it is it more just adding compiling on those sets i'm I'm just curious yeah yeah no of course so when you do a 10 minute set um 10 minutes is a, is a, is a night. It's, it's, it's long enough for you to get your teeth into it, but it's short enough that you can be quite snappy. So in a mm-hmm. sense that you, you can be funny. And in 10 minutes, it depends where you're at. If you're just at a comedy club and you're doing a 10 mm-hmm. minutes, all you need to do is be funny for 10 minutes. It doesn't, sometimes I've, I've done, uh, I try to have a bit of structure in my stuff in it. So it kind of flows in a sort of way, but the only, mm. all they want you to do is be funny for that duration. So you can just be funny for 10 minutes. You can be talking random. You can go talk, you can go from talking about parents to dogs, to then to Nando's, to then to Kane and the Undertaker and WWE. You can be, have random topics. Yeah. As long as it's funny, the audience will ride with you for that 10 minutes. Because 10 minutes is not a long time. Over mm. 20 minutes, I'm sure, sh- hope, I'm sure, they will start wanting some structure to what you're saying. So you mm. need to sort of you need to sort of take in places and you can sort you can vary the place in 20 minutes. So you don't have to be bam, 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 bam. You can start, you can go slow. Maybe you can you can take a minute to tell a bit of a story which isn't so funny, then you're hoping for the punchline after hits them. So you've got a bit more mm. time to sort of be a bit more relaxed. And then with an hour, is your it's a show. So that the audience kind of want a theme. 
Some mm. some people are maybe maybe they'll just be happy about our jokes, but I think that to really invest in it, there kind of needs to be some sort of theme or some sort of underlying current that right. that kind of sells it. That they're like, okay, I I understand what the artist here is trying to do or trying to say, and I I'm with them on this journey. And it it definitely can't be. It's difficult. Or Martha, I mentioned Patrice and earlier done it. It's it's not always easy to do an hour straight of hilarious jokes. Because some people yeah. get laugh fatigue. They need you need to give them a break. And maybe that's why um a lot of shows that go to Edinburgh and hopefully take, I'll take my show to Edinburgh is that they say there's a forty minute mark. So you're doing a show, it's funny, then you hit at forty minutes you hit them with a punch, a dramatic sort of thing that's happened as part of the story that gives you time where you can just sort of change the pace, change the tune a bit, and then after you can go back to the funny after. So you hit them with something that because they may be losing interest at that point and you hit them with something they're like oh snap they've reinvested again and then that's then they go right. back to the story so but okay. obviously not, you don't have to follow that formula but that's just something people say about Edinburgh shows but I think it's, it's different because it's demanding it's it's not you not only have to be you have that Dave Chappelle said something quite poignant one time he said you may you don't have to be funny all the time but you have to be interesting all the time and can mm. you be interesting for an hour and I guess that's yeah. the bare Can or is what you're saying interesting that someone will want to listen to it for an hour? Because it's a bit arrogant mm. to say, "Look, I've got an hour of jokes. Come watch me." Like, are you are you that interesting? I guess that's yeah. the question people ask themselves as they're deciding mm. whether to come or not. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about um, work actually right now. You yeah. just reminded me because um, at the new job that I've joined recently. Mm. Everybody, every new joiner has to deliver a lunch and learn about their life story, which has oh, okay. to be somewhere between like 40, 45 minutes, an hour, like in that, an in hour? that time range. Yeah, you have to, bro. You have to, you have to no, no. This so is, I, what? So, <laughs> so I haven't even started yet. And I watched one on Friday, which was yeah. like, the guy was a really good storyteller. And I was like, bro, an hour, you know? Where I have to keep everyone engaged, like it's a big, it's that, a big yeah. thing. No, yeah, it's it's not it's tough because you want to, you want to. Obviously, you can't be just saying the same thing. People like if you if you made a point about what happened when you're four, maybe you fell over when you're four. It's really funny. You can't labor that point. You have to move on to something else. So it's it's really yeah. challenging to keep it fresh and interesting and yeah. entertaining for an hour because people just shut off. You know, and forty five minutes is a long yeah. time. That's a long time. I thought that would yeah. be like 15 minutes max or something like that. Yeah, no. There's there's like a... So you do a 10-minute one when you first... Like on your first day and then at yeah. some point in joining just to give people full context. Yeah, yeah. You, you tell them everything. Full, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take those pointers on board. Like, I have to be interesting for that long. 100%. you got to keep it interesting. It, interesting may not, it may have to be long. funny for 45 minutes, but you got to be interesting. you got to make it... Mm. you got you got something. You may have to amp something up to just to sell the point, you know? Yeah, yeah. Make it more dramatic than it probably was to sell the point, so... Yeah. No, that's 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 going to help, so I appreciate you shedding light no, on, no problem. on that. No problem. Um, so, yeah, I saw... Uh, I saw... In, 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 in preparation for this podcast, I mm. saw a um, Chortle review about your performance in um, uh, Edinburgh Fringe, actually. And I saw that you competed um, for the final of the Amused Moose Comedy Award 2019. Is, yeah, is that right? It. Yeah, that yeah. was it. Um, 
first off, how what was the experience of performing at the the Fringe Festival like? Because um, I've I've actually been to the Fringe before uh, when I was oh, living don't. in Edinburgh. Because um, I lived there for a year, I had Mm-mm. like a week off from work where it was the start of the fringe. So I went to quite a lot of oh, different shows oh, and I was around. Good, yeah, so I was there for the whole month and it was it was amazing. Like just seeing that there was so much yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah, right on the doorstep. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I'm just a punter, so for me, I'm just like, yeah, I can go to this show to that show. Like I've got mm-hmm. a lot of things um, that I can do, and there's no pressure on me really except providing a piece to go to as many mm. shows as I want. Yeah, for sure. But for you, what's the ex- what was the experience of, like, performing there? Um, did you have to perform daily? And, and like, especially when you have this uh, this competition and, and competing yeah. against other comedians on such a big platform, like, how did you go about it and, and what was it like for you? Yeah, man. So, that yeah, it was a couple of years ago, so... I didn't take a show up there. So one thing with Edinburgh, people usually take a show up there. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. I'm working on my show, hopefully to take it there for 2022. So mm. people either take an hour show or maybe they do they do a half an hour, half an hour each of another act and they take a show up there. Then they usually do it for the full run or for majority of the run or whatever it is. So mm. I was only up there for a weekend. I basically only went up there to compete in the final and right. my, I just went up there a few days before just to sort of sample the area, but also do a few spots. So whilst people are doing shows, some people do like little mixed compilation shows where you just, um, for an hour, they have a room and then they'll, they'll just book acts, different acts for each day. And people, you, right. people tend to do that to promote their own show. So they perform for 10 minutes, probably 10 minutes part of their show and say, if you want to see the full show, come, come over to X place at Y time. Um, so I mm. just went up there just to, just to finesse my set just to get a bit better and make it tighter and yada 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 mm. get, get my performance chops going um the perform that was interesting the final was on a monday and it was quite late like the final was between 10 and 12 and i didn't get on stage to like just before midnight so i was tired i don't know what it was yeah. but i was tired but it was a good experience <laughs> nonetheless um because before then i hadn't performed much outside london and I think mm. one one benefit of now obviously going to other places is that you need to understand that you, not everywhere is like London or not everywhere is like, yeah, not everywhere is like London. So you need to go yeah. to different places, experience different sort of cultures and even some slang I may use, it may not connect to someone in Bristol as it does to someone in London. For example, I may go to Leicester and something I may say may not connect the same because I'm using London slang. So it just mm. more makes me makes me more cute of what I'm saying and how I'm presenting something. You know, do yeah. I have to water it down a bit? Do I have to dumb it down? Do I have to just say it in a different way? What whatever it is, there's different ways to to go about it. So it was a good experience for me because if I want to take this to the top, you got to perform in different places. When you do a world tour, you can't do a world tour of London. You do a world tour. You know what I mean? So yeah. you got to be able to go to different cities and different countries and still be you, still tell your jokes, but still make the joke accessible to other people. That's yeah. what makes sense. Ah, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a really good lesson to learn, you know. 100%. 100%. You've got to, to, to adapt. Like, I I think I even have thought about this, you know, when I've seen, like, people, I think Mo had a world tour, maybe he was supposed to do it just before yeah, the yeah, pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's saw... doing it next, from next month, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I saw some of the locations, like, I think maybe Australia's on the list. And I was just thinking, oh, I wonder how that 
works like yeah you yeah, can yeah, you tell yeah. you can you even tell the same joke you know well like, that that's the that's the interesting thing and like the like with, with i think rappers when rappers come particularly american rappers let's just say american rappers when they come over and I see them perform. They never change their dialect. They never change their vernaculum, uh, vernacular. Sorry. They they keep it as it is. So, do you as a comic? Do you have that same attitude? Be like, well, you're coming into my world. You 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 alter for me, or do you yeah. say, well, I'm now in Helsinki or some shit, and then you're like, well, I'm gonna change to be a bit more Finnish. I don't know. Obviously, it's a question. It's a question um, that people may need to ask themselves. Um, mm. But it, but it's just something that um, it's just something that you need to be aware of. That's all, and it's a question that you have to ask yourself. But yeah. definitely, as a minimum in the UK, that's what I need to be mindful of. If I have ambitions mm. to go further than London, I need to make sure that my my material is accessible enough. And me performing, like going to Manchester, is useful. I was in Bath like a couple of weeks back, and it, that's good for me. And that's part. That's all part of the development, isn't it? Yeah, no, most definitely, man. Um, obviously, we're we're getting close towards the the end of the podcast, mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got a couple questions. Yeah, hit um, me, hit and me. then we'll and then we'll round off. Um, so I saw that you recently recorded. Uh, uh, I saw someone that you recently recorded for ITV Two Stand Up Sketch Show. Yes, 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 yes. Um, that is spot I, on. Yeah. Um, congrats for that. And oh, thank you. I appreciate amazing that, to get TV recognition. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's amazing. It's big, um, yeah. Because this platform is for creatives and, and I'm mm. particularly interested in how people land opportunities that are, you know, pretty big milestones within their careers. Yeah. How did you get the call up? What was the criteria for it? How did you go about doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously I've been signed to an agency since March last year. So I basically signed like as the pandemic was like getting hot. And then, yeah. so, um, so basically, yeah, so I got signed, which is really good, and they're a really good agency, and their sort of bread and bar is, like, broadcasting, so getting mm. comedians broadcasting opportunities. So yeah. they work with a production company that, that makes the show. Uh, they're, they're, like, on good, good terms with them. And incidentally, it's the same production company I made the Lad Bible video with. So I, mm. I sort of know, knew them from that anyway. And then they were casting for this series and they've seen me perform and they're like, yeah, like come through, do some of your thing, do your thing in it. So that was really nice for them to like include me in the show and whatnot. And it was fun day recording. So yeah, we just need to, because it's a stand-up sketch show. So I've, we've recorded the stand-up bit. We just need to record the sketch bit and then, and then yeah. yeah, we'll just take it from there, man. But yeah, big, man. It's big to get some sort of recognition and it's a credit and in this in this industry they love credit so as seen or or as seen on x or as watched on y they mm. love stuff like that so it yeah. sort of helps and it's a bit of recognition that when i apply for gigs or whatnot it's like all right cool like he's not just yeah. a bum like he's actually done some stuff yeah. you know what i mean it just makes it a bit easier you know yeah definitely gives you like a lot like some leverage you know with yeah. with with the other things you're doing within the comedy industry specifically mm-hmm. but no 100 that's that's great so people out there get an agency if you can yeah yeah like it does not yeah. be on end all like you still have to work hard you still have to do your thing like my agent is not mm-hmm. gonna like i may post a video later on socials my agent's not told me to do that that's on my back but it definitely helps when it comes to those sort of opportunities i can't get those mm-hmm. myself you know so they're the ones yeah. that will set something like that up 
Mm. Um, yeah, sorry. So my, my last question for you. Yeah. Um, what what things do you want to achieve in your um, plan, your, your career as a comedian? What are the things that, like the milestones that you, you want to hit? Good question. Yeah, I've got a vision board. I won't reveal everything, but what I will say is definitely mm. do an hour show. Um, I would love to get on live at Apollo. That's a big, that's a big milestone. Live at Apollo is like the pinnacle of like stand up on TV in the UK. Um, mm. Like live at Apollo. Um, if if Netflix want to record me for an hour, they are more than welcome. <laughs> they are more than welcome, and I would love. I think above all it's about i would love to build my own audience and i think being able to get into a stage where you can build your own own audience and you can be like look i'm doing an hour show you've got a mailing list you hit your mailing list up and people are buying tickets that is love because that's the stage i'm trying to get to now where obviously even though it's just a little preview of the show i want to do is when you sell tickets when it's just your name it's, it's, yeah. it's, it shows you levels like there's people buying tickets to a club because the club's got the name but when it's you yourself yeah, it's a different ball game. It's, 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 yeah. At my level, it's very difficult, but I'd love to get to a level where people see my name and like, yeah, I want to spend an hour with him. So yeah, that mm. would be the top, and own, my own audience most definitely. Mm. Uh, bro, I, I really, really hope you hope you get to that level, man. Oh, thank and, you, man. Thank you. And able I appreciate to keep, that. Keep working and like even just seeing the things you're doing are really inspiring. Just for me, like just saying, you know, those days we have where you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to put in the time but you just see what someone else is doing like yeah you know what let me keep let me keep yeah. applying myself because you never know where you never know man these you things can know. take you man you never you, you never know you never know and you gotta make sure you enjoy the process whilst you're doing it that's the main thing that like, don't mm. do you have to enjoy it if i didn't enjoy this i wouldn't do this you know yeah. um so i enjoy it obviously success and that hopefully makes me enjoy it more and there are repercussions of what i'm doing but um mm. the aim that obviously the yeah. aim is to to get there but time will tell man time will tell for sure man um for the people that want to follow your uh your journey where would where yeah. should they look for you yeah yeah good yeah so it's michael a-e-l uh akadiri alpha kilo alpha delta india romeo india that's you know i've said that so many times on the phone um <laughs> yeah i'm on in that's my instagram that's my twitter uh facebook page is there if you use facebook still and yeah they can just keep abreast of what i'm doing i like to post i like to update people on my socials. so yeah most definitely check out the socials brilliant um yeah everyone um listening um thank you for, for jumping on that no thank you for and um me, and for everyone listening i hope you've enjoyed the pod i'll see you again next week take care Blessings. everyone bless